Welcome into A to Z Sports, uh, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Luke Warsham in for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, usually Twitter. I've got an email, new email update in my inbox that I've yet to be able to check this morning uh, to figure out what's going on with Twitter. Uh, but hopefully back live on Twitter uh, once I get through a couple of these steps uh, with the customer service and all that kind of thing. But anyway, also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we got to thank our spot. I got to thank our sponsors before we officially get going because they make things happen uh, for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at RentersWarehouse.com. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness one fifteen minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying experience. Simply go to WilsonCountyHyundai.com or go out and see them uh, in Lebanon with a quick trip up I-40. And also the Bone and Joint Institute, BoneAndJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. And speaking of the Bone and Joint Institute, Luke, uh, at noon today, at noon today, We've got ourselves a dog talk segment that is very important. Knew that was uh, coming. Yes, because uh, I was texting back and forth with Lindsay over the Bone and Joint Institute yesterday. Uh, she was traveling back from Dallas as Zach was going to Dallas. Mm. Uh, and so I've got Dr. Watson on with me at noon today. So Dr. Watson is the foot specialist at the Bone and Joint Institute. So we will talk about the surgery that Derek Henry is either prepping for right now or about to have happen right now. So we'll talk about that foot surgery Again, the fifth metatarsal, the Jones fracture for Derrick Henry. What we know, Luke, right now is what I think we're going to go with what Ian Rappaport was saying. <laughs> yeah, because Ian the Rappaport, more optimistic look. Yes, Ian Rappaport, who works for the NFL's network, says six to ten weeks. Now, Adam Schefter on ESPN was consistent all throughout yesterday, season ending. Uh, and I find that interesting. And so, Luke, you have yet to really react to this. Uh, on a live uh, platform. So That's right. one, what did it feel like at the Titans facility yesterday as Luke is trying to fight off something? Yeah, let me take a second to grab a water bottle. That, that's fine. Right so, there. there you go. Luke, uh, Luke needing to get that, but I'm curious to hear what Luke uh, felt about the Titans facility yesterday. Mike Vrabel saying that surgery happening this morning and then uh, Derek Henry, he's not going to put any time on, on Derek Henry. If one guy can make it back, it's Derrick Henry that can make it back from this injury is basically uh, what Mike Vrabel said. But as Luke gets his uh, swig of water right. there, we're good. What did it feel like at that facility? What was the ambiance and mood like yesterday at St. Thomas Sports Park? Well, first, I need to respond to Ed. He says Adrian Peterson is old enough to be my dad. My dad's like 30 years older than Adrian Peterson. So we can uh, we can put that one aside. You know, I walked in there yesterday and I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be brutal. This is going to be awful. Vrabel's going to get up there. He's going to be in a bad mood. He's going to say that, you know, we're going to be without Derek for a little while, but it's, uh, you know, like he usually does where he doesn't really talk about it. And and I texted Buck after the press conference. That was an all-time Mike Vrabel press conference performance. He was phenomenal. Like, he was great. He answered the questions. He he, he, he went into in-depth explanation. And so to your question about the vibe, uh, it was one of optimism. I really think so. It wasn't one of, certainly was not one of, our season's over now. It just ended. 
or or it certainly wasn't one of well we'll just mail it in for the rest of the regular season and hope hope Derek uh hope Derek gets back for the playoffs like that wasn't the mood at all the mood was next man up and you know a lot of teams say that say next man up when a guy goes down but and I wrote a column about this it was either last year or the year before that have the Titans actually put that into practice and they do a darn good job of it and that's a credit to Mike Vrabel and I think that's part of the reason why when the best player on your team goes down, the Titans aura, their vibe is still, hey man, we got a challenge against the Rams on Sunday, right? And so that was that's what the vibe was. It's the show goes on. The show must go on. It's time for the understudy to come in, right? Adrian Peterson, and we'll get to that later. Um, but that was the vibe. It was, it was sort of uh, the show goes on. Which is interesting because I've been at a press conference where there's been a catastrophic injury to a Marcus Mariota in the past where it does feel down. And whoever the head coach was at that point, you know, you just felt a negative energy uh, around the facility. Like when Marcus Mariota broke his leg or when Marcus Mariota had several of his other injuries that kept him out and and pre Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel's always been the same way when it comes to dealing with injuries. So Luke, Zach and I had a whole hour and 20 minutes to react to what happened uh, with this yesterday. Yeah. How do you feel about this Titans team moving on without Derrick Henry? We'll get to the two players who need to step up uh, in Derrick Henry's absence. And we'll talk about uh, the replacement of Adrian Peterson and what he can do at age 36, uh, who Don Davenport on 3HL yesterday, our friends over there, uh, Don Davenport called him a geriatric running back. Because if you're 36 (laughs) years old, and you're pregnant, you have a geriatric pregnancy. So, uh, and Don just had a geriatric pregnancy a, a year ago uh, during COVID. So, Luke, what was your overall take uh, on what happened with Derrick Henry and just your thoughts on the entire situation? Yeah, and I wrote, and I'll write more tomorrow. I'm gonna. I already know what I'm gonna write tomorrow about Adrian Peterson. It's just a matter of uh, talking to him and and getting sort of his take on on my opinion tomorrow. Um, but my general takeaway is the Titans are going to keep winning. I don't know that they're going to win on Sunday against this juggernaut Rams team that just added a second all-time great pass rusher to their front four. Like, I mean, this Rams team, and we'll get into that more tomorrow and Thursday, but I'm also going to be in for Zach, but man, that team's insane. But my reaction is sort of like the Titans was. The show goes on. And, you know, we were joking before we went live, like, you know, they better be glad this wasn't Tannehill because I think if it was Tannehill, certainly my take, and I'm, I'm sure yours too, would be the season is over. Because it's one thing to be running with, you know, 36-year-old Adrian Peterson and, and Jeremy McNichols. It's another to have Logan Woodside out. So the show goes on. They're going to keep running their offense. And as I talked about at, at AtoZsports.com yesterday, uh, they're going to have – enough offensive firepower to not collapse. Are the Titans going to be worse without Derrick Henry? 100% yes. He is irreplaceable. He's the best player on the team. He's the best running back in the NFL. And he's the best running back since Adrian Peterson. I've I've been saying that all season. It's like, man, Derrick Henry's the best running back since Adrian Peterson. He goes down. What do they do? They bring in Adrian Peterson. Uh, But what's not going to happen, Titans are going to get worse, but what's not going to happen is some sort of like meteoric nosedive or collapse. They're not just all of a sudden going to start 
looking completely incompetent and losing games because they have a pass rush. They have other weapons on offense. So they're going to take a step back. The pick your poison is going to have to take a break until Henry gets back. Uh, but the show goes on, and and again, maybe not this week, but they're going to keep winning games. Yeah, and so Juan says, I'm interested to hear what Austin's thoughts are on the Titans continuing to win this season and basically reacting to what Luke uh, just kind of told everybody there. It's like, I don't disagree with what Luke's saying. Is that, I and look, I don't expect the Titans to really compete that tightly with the LA Rams on Sunday Night Football. There is, now there's an, there's an interesting... Uh, rallying of the team in a tough spot, backs against the wall. Nobody believes in us that the Titans have fed off of in the past and have had success, but I don't think that happens on Sunday Night Football in L.A. against the Rams, who are world beaters right now and just got better with Von Miller. Uh, but again, I, I do think they can win, and the best thing about it is this Rams game is 1,000% irrelevant. It does not matter one bit. And so the Saints game, does not matter one bit in two weeks. But the Saints are going to have Trevor Simeon at quarterback, not Jameis Winston, who is out after tearing his ACL. And as Luke, as you nicely put it, we get to see <laughs> comparisons of Jameis rehab videos and Derrick Henry rehab videos over the next couple of months that I honestly cannot wait for. So it, it doesn't matter. Like the next, it is a good time for this to happen. It, like if this is going to happen to Derrick Henry and the Titans, now is the right time. You just got the most important win of your entire season on Sunday against the Colts. The fact that they were able to beat the Colts in that game meant everything because you're three games up on the Colts instead of being like really one and a half game or two games up on the Colts and where the Colts have to basically be world beaters in the last nine games of the season, which they're not going to do. And I said this yesterday and I'll say it again, the Titans just got to win four games. And Luke, you even said pre-show, hey, she win three games. Because if the Titans get to nine or ten wins, the Colts can't catch them. I don't even care so much about the Colts' record right now because it's not good, but they're two and three and some. Three it's and not five. Three, three and five. five. Carson Wentz, man. Like, that dude is the most reckless player in the NFL, both with the ball and his body. He's bad. He's not like, good. Like, you know, and like, he hasn't been good in four years. I was watching Pat McAfee today, yesterday, and they're laughing about, like, He's pushing himself off the turf with the ball and then throwing 30 yards down the field. And then there's this one play where, you know, he's 6'6 and so big and he's just gliding down the middle of the field, like not protecting himself at all. Like I have no confidence that that guy is going to be able to go on some kind of run. Right. So Ant's Ant's just freaking out. He says, so losing is okay. Y'all can't be serious. When did did he say that? Did either of us say losing is okay, Ant? What are you doing putting words in our mouth like that. I believe my exact words were they're going to keep winning. Yeah. Yes. Perhaps at the same pace. Yeah. And losing is not okay. But again, I'm telling you the factual situation is that the Rams game is irrelevant. It doesn't help you that much. If you win it, it doesn't hurt you that much. If you lose it, it's a wash of a game because it's an NFC opponent that it doesn't matter. The Titans just went, five and one in a six game stretch against AFC opponents. And they accomplished three and zero against the division bearing and sweeping the Colts and key tiebreakers over the bills and the chiefs. And if there's one game to lose in those six games, it was the jets. That was the, that was the most okay game to lose in that six games. If you well, look the, back the at the Bengals it. ended up making it okay. Or yes, it, no, no doubt about that. So, and nobody is saying it's okay to lose. We're just saying that the Titans 
can afford to drop this game and it not crush them. That I, I do think the Titans are in an okay situation because of how the schedule plays out. Uh, they they can definitely win, and I think they can go five and four down the stretch, which makes them a, a, an eleven and six football team without Derrick Henry the second half of the season. That you would absolutely take that, absolutely, because you you won eleven games last year. Yeah. And, you know, there's plenty of time to get into schedule analysis and circle this game and circle that game. But, you know, with, with Henry, they're capable of beating any team in the NFL. And I don't want to minimize his impact, but, I, like, I don't think there's going to be a game, maybe this week. And, again, we'll get more into the Rams game later. But I don't know that there's going to be a game other than the Rams where I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, they just don't have enough. They're, you know, they're not going to be able to get it done. Because I never have before. And I knew I knew somebody was going to take what I said about the Jets game uh, the wrong way. Nick says the Jets was not okay to lose. Could have been 7-1. and one. Yes, the Jets loss is bad. The Jets loss is bad. And it was bad at the time and it's bad now. But when you look at the six-game stretch in the AFC that you just finished, that was the one game that was more okay to drop. The most okay to drop. Because you were able to get three division wins, bury the Colts, and then get tiebreakers over the Bills and Chiefs. That's the point of the comment. Not the fact that you not I'm not dismissing the loss of the Jets. The loss of the Jets was bad and will be bad and might hurt you later on, but you at least got wins over the Bills, the Chiefs, and three division opponents. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Luke. Let's get to our two Titans each that must step up uh, in the absence of Derrick Henry. Uh, but first, let me tell all of you guys uh, about our great friends at the Bone and Joint Institute. Again, uh, our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute, guys, we've got something for you coming up at noon today uh, that we will have a dog talk segment with foot specialist Dr. Watson at the Bone and Joint Institute. We will literally talk about this uh, foot surgery that Derrick Henry is undergoing with the fifth metatarsal and also with a Jones fracture in his right foot. So Dr. Watson will join me at noon today, Central Time, to go over uh, Derrick Henry's surgery the recovery, how the hell he carried the ball 26 times after breaking this foot. Uh, did that do extra damage? Uh, what's his first objective after surgery? When can he start running? When, how can he stay in shape while he's recovering so he's ready to go once it heals? All these questions that I have written down, I am very excited to talk to Dr. Watson coming up at noon. Bone and Joint Institute, guys, are a great sponsor for a reason. That's who you need to trust whenever you get hurt in life boneandjointtn.org. I'm excited to listen to that. I'm excited oh, to yeah. watch that. That should be very interesting. Uh, I'm going to tell you about our friends at BetMGM this morning because they have a great deal going on for you, as they always do. If you give them the promo code A to Z Sports when you download the BetMGM app, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. It's a great deal to take advantage of if you are wanting to maybe get your feet wet in the sports betting world. Maybe you've seen our pick show on Tuesdays and Fridays. Maybe you're, you're always looking at Twitter and seeing people talk about parlay this and, and hit the over that. And you're wanting to, to get into that world. Well, this is a great deal for you to take advantage of. Or if you are a vet and you're just looking for a new book to try out, a good deal to take advantage of, this is for you as well. So A to Z sports promo code that will get you $1,000 risk-free bet at BetMGM, the king of sports books. All right, guys, we are here on this Tuesday. Luke Warsham in for Zach. Zach is in Dallas this week. He'll be back uh, on Sunday night as the Titans go to L.A. to face the Rams. Luke, who is your first of two players who must step up for the Titans in the absence of Derrick Henry? 
We're gonna cut Derek. We're gonna cut Derek Henry's jersey number in half and take just the first two. Ooh. Julio Jones is my first player that needs to step up in Derek Henry's absence, and I'm gonna be tough on Julio Jones because when you're that good, there's a lot expected of you. When he has been out there for the Titans, it has been exceptional. I think he was tremendous against Seattle. He had that acrobatic catch against the Bills. And, you know, from time to time in other places, he's run good crossing routes. I remember he had a a nice fourth down conversion against the Colts the first time around. But he hadn't been out there. He's got this nagging hamstring thing where, you know, we're going back and forth. Are they they resting him? If this was the playoffs, would he be playing? Is, Is this actually a big deal? And I don't know. We don't know the answers to that question. I mean, I saw a comment earlier that said uh, the Titans need to stop resting Julio. And quite frankly, I don't know that that's what they're doing. He, he, he might be legitimately hurt. I don't know. But with Derrick Henry going down, the Titans need as much firepower as they can get. And it is time for Julio Jones to be the player that they traded for him to be. Because the talent, the ability of Julio Jones is still there. This is not a situation where we've watched Julio Jones play eight games and it's clear that he's lost a step and, and you know, he, uh, he doesn't have a whole lot left in the tank and he's just sort of a, a good crafty route runner and that's it. Like, we have seen vintage Julio Jones out there for the Titans this year. He just has not been physically present in enough games and in enough situations. It is has, time for that to change. And hasn't that been frustrating? I mean, it's been frustrating altogether because of how we've covered Julio Jones. Because when he got here, I mean, you remember, Luke, he was traded for, I will never forget, I don't know why, June 6th is when the trade came down. And it was a Sunday. <laughs> I was literally at Home Depot buying plants with my wife. And it happened, and all of a sudden, everything blew up on June 6th. And then everybody's – and then Friday – he was present at minicamp or OTAs. It wasn't even mandatory minicamp. Yeah, it was voluntary yeah. OTAs. Julio's out there with, you know, piston-type legs. He looks like an avatar. He looks healthy. He looks great. He looks awesome in training camp. And then he goes down weird in the end zone in training camp. Uh, and then he misses 20 days. And then he comes back and he's uh, he has a bad first game. And then he has a ball-out second game. And then he disappears again for a couple of weeks. And then he comes back and he's good again. And so now weird. he's... Week to week out. I don't, I don't know. It's well, And I asked him last Friday, I'm like, is this something that we're going to you know, see the whole season? Is this something that's going to keep up? And, and he sort of, he thought about it and he said, you know, what I would say is that it's a long season. And that was part of his answer. I don't remember the rest. He said it's been two weeks, but, but what I took from his answer was that, no, this is at least in his expectation not something that is going to keep happening. Uh, that's what I took by him saying it's a long season, meaning there's time for him to become the week-in and week-out playmaking threat that the Titans need. And look, that time needs to be now. Yeah, if, he's, no doubt. if he's healthy enough to play, he needs to play. The time for resting him and and giving him these opportunities to get healthy, right? I, I think Mike Vrabel does a great job with that stuff. But... It, the time is now for Julio Jones to show up. 
Yeah, so two guys uh, that need to step up to replace Derrick Henry, or in the absence of Derrick Henry, not to replace Derrick Henry, but in the absence of Derrick Henry. We will talk about Adrian Peterson uh, here later on the show. So Luke's first one went with Julio Jones. My first one, Luke, is going to be Nate Davis. I just think Ooh, Nate Davis okay. needs to have a really big impact, and he's within concussion protocol or being evaluated for a concussion Sunday in the second half of that game. And Dylan Radins came in, gave up that big hit on Tannehill. But when you look at the Titans' offensive line, when available, Lawan has been better since he had the ACL rust. Roger Saffold, when available, has been good. Ben Jones, when available, has been reliable Ben Jones. And David Questenberry hasn't been that big of a deal. You know, David Questenberry being the Titans' right tackle has not been too bad of an issue. He's been a lot better than I could have possibly imagined. No doubt. I thought it was going to be a train wreck. But but. Nate Davis has not been what we thought Nate Davis was going to be. And so I think Nate Davis with the interior of the offensive line, because I was trying to think about who needs to step up to help the absence of Henry. And I, I, you know, Julio's a good one, AJ, but he's already stepping up because he's literally balled out in the last uh, two and a half games since the second half of that Bills game. Uh, you know, Anthony Ferkser's kind of a weird one too. But I think invisible Nate, Anthony Ferkser. Nate Davis is the one on the offensive line that needs to get to get going. And, and you know, I don't know what his concussion situation is going to be. Uh, the injury report is going to be something that we're all going to be waiting for on Wednesday when it comes oh, yeah. to Tannehill too. But I think Nate Davis needs to step in and step up and become the guard in his third year that we thought he would be. And the but before the season started, so Nate Davis is my first one. That's now, a good answer I'm gonna get, because I'm gonna he get has to my, been underwhelming. I'm going to get to my second one before I get to your second one. Okay. Because my second one is at the same position as Derrick Henry, but it's not Adrian Peterson. I, I am curious to see Darren what, Evans. No, yeah, I'm curious to see what Jeremy McNichols can grow into. Yeah, and because McNichols has truly been McWeapon, because Jeremy McNichols. Luke, on the team, second leader in receptions. <laughs> yeah, up until Jeremy- this year, McNichols was sort of a jag, right? He was just a guy. And, and I tweeted this out a week or so ago. He has developed into a legitimate offensive weapon for this team. Yeah, he is second in on the team in receptions with 21. Uh, he has gotten uh, nine first downs on those 21 receptions. With, they have been big first downs. Uh, he's he's third on the team in receiving yards behind AJ and Julio. Here's the thing, though. Here's what I want to see from McNichols. He's played in all eight games. Now he left the Bills game fairly early, but he only has six rushing attempts. I'm sorry, seven rushing attempts. Yeah, that's and that's change, you would think. seven rushing attempts for 38 yards. Can like how does Jeremy McNichols perform in an increased role? Sometimes. Guys who are lighter role players are role players because that's what they can handle. Mm -hmm. And I think the Titans trust McNichols on third down, catching the football, making something happen after the catch, and in pass protection. He hasn't been perfect in pass protection, but he's been pretty good in pass protection. But how much can he handle when it comes to running the football? McNichols was the bell cow at Boise State back when Boise State was rolling too several years ago uh, in the MAC. No, I'm sorry, in the whack. But what does Jeremy McNichols look like with an increased role? Because even with the addition of Adrian Peterson, his role will increase. He will have way more than the seven carries that he has on the season over the next three weeks 
And so that is my second guy. So my two guys, Luke, are Nate Davis and Jeremy McNichols. And and Vrabel said it yesterday. He got asked about, you know, Jeremy McNichols uh, stepping in. And, and he said, we trust Jeremy. He's someone that, that when the Titans have called on him in his limited role, he's always stepped up. And, and I agree that his role now is going to get even bigger, especially since, like Rabel said, this is a guy that they trust that has proven himself worthy. And, you know, I kind of go back and forth because you make a fair point on a lot of times when these uh, productive role players have their role increased, the production doesn't really increase. Um, but but I, I think we could see him continue to make more plays just because he's been impressive uh, so far this year. He he has a great feel for those screen passes, yep. and I think he's a guy that you can deploy in a lot of different ways. And look, silver linings here. When Derrick Henry's in there, he's not – you know, he can catch a pass here and there, but he's not explosive in the passing game outside of, you know, maybe a swing or screen pass. You know, I, I think Jeremy McNichols, because he's going to be out there more, especially on third down, is going to give Tannehill uh, a better check down option. Uh, and, here's, and here's my someone point. Someone can get open better. Here's my point, is that when McNichols is on the field, they don't have to change anything from what they've already been doing. Like, they've had success in the first eight games with McNichols on the field. So now he's just on the field more. And mm-hmm. so can they, can that increased reps and snaps can that continue the same level of production for McNichols when he's out there because when he's been out there it's been pretty solid overall. yeah yeah so those Certainly. are my two so Luke you've got a big second one yeah this is going to lead us to our second question real here on the day uh who is your second titan who needs to step up second titan who needs to step up is the man under center slash in the shotgun Ryan Tannehill needs to step up for the titans here's the thing about Tannehill I don't think the Colts game was indicative of how he has played throughout the 2021 season. He was not good in the Colts game. He was a little bit erratic, had those two interceptions, both of which were not good. Uh, the one that, uh, was it Ture, like got hurt returning and Lewis, fumbled? Yeah. Or whoever Torres it was. A- Torres ACL yeah. on a return, yeah. Um, Ryan Tannehill, however, against Buffalo and against Kansas City, was very good. He, he started the Kansas City game with 11 straight completions, However, so far in 2021, it hadn't been a Colts-level bad, but it also hadn't really as a whole been Chiefs-Bills-level good. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's play has taken a step down this season, and we are used to him being a guy who is I, – I call it all offseason, I call Tannehill the downfield assassin. He's one of the best downfield throwers in the NFL, and I think he still is. The accuracy hasn't been the problem. Um, but what he hasn't been doing that we have seen him do in the past – is elevating those around him because that's what the good quarterbacks do. Average quarterbacks that you can win with, you know, you plug them in there, they manage the game, you hope you win. The good quarterbacks, the guys like Josh Allen, the guys like Matt Ryan back when he was really good. I'm not even getting into the Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers's. The good quarterbacks elevate those around them. And Tannehill hadn't done a whole lot of that this year. And now without Derrick Henry, it is going to be incumbent on him to start elevating the players around him. Yeah, I, I've got a lot of uh, opinions on on what Luke is bringing to the table here. So let's go ahead and get uh, this question out to you guys uh, to get things going. So what's your confidence level in Ryan Tannehill without Derrick Henry uh, keeping the Titans ship afloat? Uh, what is your confidence level in Ryan Tannehill keeping the Titans afloat 
without Derrick Henry? That is a one through 10 uh, type of question. So we'll get to all of your answers uh, here in a second. But first, uh, let me tell you guys about the workout I did yesterday. Mandu. Mandu is the pulse of fitness. What does that mean? It's a 15-minute workout. That's it. 15 minutes. Not 20 minutes. Literally 15 minutes on the machine. And it's a machine, a full-body electronic muscle stimulation that will help you actually grow functional strength and build muscle mass while targeting that hard-to-burn body fat. It is truly amazing. It's transformed my body. It's changed my life. And I'm not being uh, overdramatic at all. I've lost like 20 pounds of fat because of what Mandu has done for me. And I've packed on uh, a lot of muscle. I, I think I'm over, I think I've packed on 12 pounds of muscle in the last couple of years while dropping 20 pounds of fat. That is literally a transition. That, that's how, that's a transformation for me. It can be the same thing for you. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. It's for everybody. If you're old, if you're young, if you're banged up with old injuries, don't worry about it. Mandu is for you. If you're just getting started in your weight, in your weight loss or your uh, fitness goals, they can help you achieve those. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take 100 bucks off your first month. That's a big deal. So tell them A to Z Sports sent you, 100 bucks off your first month at Mandu.com. Another great deal that you can get with that promo code A to Z Sports is at BetMGM because if you download their app and you use that promo code, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Yep, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be present in Tennessee for gambling prop support. Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Man, Luke, we, I just literally, we had over 100 comments that came in <laughs> since, since we asked this question about Ryan Tannehill. What is your, what is your confidence level in Ryan Tannehill uh, keeping the Titans afloat uh, without Derek Henry? Uh, it's pretty crazy here. So here's what I think. Uh, my confidence level of Ryan Tannehill, if he's healthy, because he got banged up pretty hard uh, in that game on Sunday. I have a pretty high confidence level just because I truly feel like his production has dropped this season so far, but it's not all on him. The offensive line was not good at pass protection early in the season. He went through several games, two games in a row without AJ Brown and Julio Jones really being available as well. And he really hasn't had Julio consistently. The guys, he hasn't had Marcus Johnson consistently. He's battled injury. He was on IR to start the season. Chester Rogers has been an out, and Josh Reynolds has been an in and out. It's been it's actually been a rotating door of wide receivers for Ryan Tannehill, and Anthony Ferkser has not been reliable like we thought he was going to be. Done so there's nothing. Been a, yes, so there's been a lot of movement. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of different starting tackles. There's been different guys on the O-line. Right now, Derek Henry's gone. Ryan Tannehill has been the one consistent thing on the Titans offense the entire season. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, it's not on him that he's been sacked 25 times this year. He's got a brand new offensive coordinator. I think Ryan Tannehill, considering all the variables around him is doing pretty well. And so I, I think my confidence in Ryan Tannehill, keeping the Titans afloat without Derrick Henry is at an eight out of 10. Now I would like you for Luke, uh, you to go through the comments and see what people are saying. I am at an 8 out of 10 because I truly think Tannehill's catching his stride. AJ's healthy and balling. Julio, I think, is going to come back and play better. I, I, I want to see more from the other guys that I mentioned, but I, I'm pretty confident in Ryan Tannehill right now. So the, this is, I think, the lowest one I've seen from Will. He said 5.5. 
for the most part, it's sort of in the six, seventh range, right? Jonathan says six. Noah says 6.4. Ronnie says seven and a half. Donald says seven. Ant says six. Jabu says seven. Jeremy says eight. Jordan, 6.5. Jerry, eight. Noah, seven. I mean, they're all kind of in that range. I, again, I don't think I've seen one lower than 5.5. Uh, I saw one, I'm, I can't find it now, but it said uh, seven without Julio, eight with Julio. I think that's a, an interesting point to make. For my number, Austin, I'm going to go with 7.5. I'm going to go with 7.5, just like Van, just like Dave, because I like Ryan Tannehill. I, I have always been sort of the Ryan Tannehill crusader. Like over the offseason when uh, – when he was getting the sort of nonsensical, like, well, he's just the guy who hands off to Derrick Henry. It's like, no, the Arthur Smith Titans offense was Derrick Henry and then play action shots down the field. Right. And you can't just do that with any plug-in quarterback. And, and the Titans have done that to an extent this year when things have uh, when things have gone well for them. Uh, I like Ryan Tannehill. I think he's very capable of keeping the ship afloat. The health, that's a question. We'll see yeah. if he's on the injury report on Wednesday with whatever happened at the end of that Colts game on Sunday. Um, but I like Ryan Tannehill. I'm confident in him to uh, keep the Titans afloat. He always comes through. Like, when is the game? Because he hadn't been great this year, right? But but what is okay. the game ever where we look at it and we say, the Titans lost this game because Ryan Tannehill wasn't good enough? Uh, the, I, maybe I the Ravens the, playoff game. That's what I was going to say. The the most recent Ravens playoff game because the first Ravens playoff game he made he play made plays to get you up fourteen nothing. Yes, yes. And so you you he might have thrown for under hundred yards. That's because he threw for eighty uh, and two touchdowns in the first quarter in the first play of the second quarter with Khalif Raymond bomb. So uh, Ryan Tannehill is good. And, and Luke, you bring up stats that he hasn't been that great when it comes to stats. He's thrown for two thousand yards. In the first eight games. So even without an extra 17th game, that's 4,000 there on the season, which is the most he's had as now, a Titans quarterback. The now, the stat touchdowns that's not as good as the turnovers. Those have the, to go down. The turnover stat is not good. Yes, seven interceptions and 10 touchdowns. And so his touchdowns are down. Uh, but again, Derrick Henry scored 10 touchdowns in the first seven games. Yeah. Six games. He scored seven touchdowns. Derrick Henry scored 10 touchdowns in the first six games. So that took away from Ryan Tannehill's points because the Titans were still scoring points outside of the uh, week one loss uh, to uh, to uh, Arizona. And Andrew brings up the four fumbles. So Ryan Tannehill absolutely needs to hang on to the football. And he was doing a much better job of that until, uh, you know, he's had, he's had four interceptions in the last three games. And, you know, luckily the Titans are three and O when that's happened. And it, it, it's pretty crazy that the Titans <laughs> are four and one in games where he throws an interception. And the one loss was to Arizona when that game was not on Ryan Tannehill throwing picks. It was more of the fumbles, but Ryan Tannehill has been good. He it's just been inconsistent around him. So I feel good about him. What I'm curious about, there's two things I'm curious about with Ryan Tannehill. And I'll ask kind of both quick hitting questions to you, Luke. What does the play action pass game look like without 22? I know you've got Bobby Dingman and all the, oh my gosh, all the analysis that the running back production doesn't matter for play action people. And then me who thinks that Derrick Henry makes the Titans play action that much better. And then, so how do you feel about that? 
Yeah, so here's what I'll say. The analytics are clear that uh, running success does not equate to play action success. It doesn't necessarily matter. What I will say is it is a lot different when you are faking a handoff to someone who is not Derrick Henry versus someone who is Derrick Henry. Because here's what I think that analytics stat tells us. You can be having a bad game running the football, but when you carry out a play fake, the defense still has to respect it. It doesn't have anything to do with, like, who you are as a team. Like, and I think we saw it from the Colts and the Chiefs, not necessarily in the play action, but with with, with how tuned in they are on Derrick Henry. I think we see it on those zone read plays with Ryan Tannehill, where everyone cheats up to stop Derrick Henry. Uh it's different with Henry. Yeah, I, I believe in the analytic. And I think that, move, and we'll talk about this with Adrian Peterson, but I think moving forward, the Titans don't need to change their offense. They don't need to, they need to keep the play action, the downfield shots and keep running the football. But when it's not Derrick Henry, when it's not that explosive guy who can turn a game on a dime, like really no one we've seen since, you know, since Adrian Peterson, since, Eric Dickerson, guys like that, uh, you have to respect it a little bit more. Yeah, and I'll say this about the analytics. The analytics also say it's dumb to play uh, to pay a running back $12 million in a second contract. It wasn't dumb to pay Henry that. No, it wasn't. And even with this injury, it's still not dumb. Like, it, no. like and, and so uh, another thing that I'm actually very curious about asking Dr. Watson with the Bone and Joint Institute, by the way, Doc Talk with Dr. Watson, the Bone and Joint Institute, coming up at noon Central Time. So just about three hours away, I'm I want to ask him: Did the amount of carries that Derrick Henry has had this season have any impact in causing this bone to break? Because that's something that we've have been talking about: is that there's such a big load on Derrick Henry? Can he hold up for 17 games plus the playoff run? At some point, will he break down? And is this just a freak thing with the with the foot injury? Or is this an at or a, a correlation in effect of too much, too many times in a tight period of window? Can I give my layman's opinion on that question? Yeah, absolutely, because I don't know. We're about to talk to a foot specialist, so he'll know more than you do. Um, I, I think that what happens is, my opinion is, I feel like he's going to say it's not a wear and tear thing because Vrabel seemed to say that yesterday. He got asked, uh, was this something that? you know, started small and then got progressively worse. And Vrabel was like, I, I don't know where you, you got that or heard that from. Um, no, and here's the thing with Vrabel. Nobody's nobody's saying that they got that from somewhere. It's a question to ask for clarification on what Vrabel thinks about it or what he's heard about the injury. Okay. It's not like Vrabel's taking that and assuming that there's an agenda on the other side when it's a completely <laughs> fair question. Well, either way. Um I think what happens, though, is every carry you get is a chance at an injury. The more carries you have, the higher chance you have of having a freak injury. Yeah. And eventually, you know, you play the table enough, it's going to land on your color and your number eventually, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, that that's something I'm going to talk to Dr. Watson about. The second thing with Ryan Tannehill, uh, we talked about the play action and how effective can it be without Derrick Henry, is how healthy is Ryan Tannehill? What was your reaction to the video that Joe – have you seen the Joe Rexford video of Tannehill walking off the podium? I, I have not, no. Right, well, we've got it for you. So oh, I, we'll watch right. this. This is from Joe Rexford walking away from the press conference uh, – or this Tannehill walking away from the press conference. Watch how he goes down 
the three steps and how he exit the press conference room in Indianapolis okay. after the game on Sunday. I had his back turned and I was running with AJ in the slot. And uh, so it looked like they were matching him, going to take him, carry him vertical. And right when I threw it, he, uh, he stopped and turned around. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I can do a whole lot differently, but anticipate him stopping. I mean, that's, that's yeah, a tough look there. Very sore, very ginger. I mean, uh, what do you think about that? I think that's much ado about nothing. I you, think. you think it's nothing? I mean, maybe I need to see it again. I don't want to watch it again because it's a long video, but like. I just think I just he think grabbed he was, the rails as he went down the stairs. He just played an NFL football game. I don't Yeah, I think, but but you've seen Tannehill press conferences after games a lot. Sure. He played an NFL football game where he got hurt. I don't think that that is any sort of indication that like, oh dear, you know, like I, I think it's the I think it's the most banged up he's looked <laughs> after a game as a Titan. Vrabel said he's good. Vrabel got asked, and I don't know how much that means, but yeah, Vrabel, Vrabel was asked how's Tannehill and he said he's good. Yeah, he said he's good. He's happy to be six and two. That's a non-answer. That, that, that's just, just that's a the, it's a non-answer. He's gonna, he's like, oh, happy to be six and two. Do you right? think he practices tomorrow? Uh, I wouldn't be. Sure. I, I mean, I don't know. I it, I would think that he probably. I know does. we don't know. I'm asking you to guess. I bet he he misses or is limited in one day of practice this week. I don't know if it's tomorrow. Yeah, I, I agree with Thursday. that. I think there is one day where he is on the injury report. Is is what I will say. Uh, and Dom says Buck uh, and Austin are the only ones with this take. I don't know, man. I can see it a little bit, but I guess not really. Yeah, but Joe Rexrode and the other media in the press conference room all were like, ah, oh, that was different uh, from Ryan Tannehill there. So anyway, that, enough on that. Uh, I know I'm not going to rehash that after we talk about I, it. I agree with Chris. Not a big deal. Dude's sore. He's beat up. Yeah, but he, he's just going to continue to get sore again against the Rams with Vaughn Miller joining Aaron Donald and the rest of the guys that got up uh, there. I can't wait for him to get asked about this tomorrow. When you were leaving the press conference, it looked like you grabbed the rail a little too, a little tighter than normal. Does that, that mean anything? It wasn't grabbing the rail. It was how his back was stiff and how he kind of like had to creak out. I mean, it, it, it was, he was really sore. He was really sore. All right, let's move on from that. Let's – okay. Because Ed says he looked like a 36-year-old man. Well, he's not 36, but we can talk about a 36-year-old man with Adrian Peterson. How about that, Luke? All right, so Adrian Peterson has joined the Titans, yes. which is a weird thing for Titans fans. Titans <laughs> legend Adrian Peterson joins alike uh, Julio Jones, uh, Andre Randy Johnson, Moss. Randy Moss, Eric Moulds, Kevin Mawai, Steve Hutchinson. All Titans. Kevin Mawai was actually good with the Titans, though. Most of those guys were not. That's true. But like Hall of Fame level players who came to the Titans late in their career. Eric Mould's not a Hall of Fame level player, but regardless. Uh, but anyway, so let's talk about Adrian Peterson. Luke has a really good question about Adrian Peterson. What percentage of Derrick Henry's production can Adrian Peterson make up for? Now, this is an interesting question. I'm going to kind of set it up here in a second. But what percentage of Derrick Henry's production? can Adrian Peterson make up for, but real quick, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. That's where to go for your new vehicle. Make them a part of your car buying process uh, because it's stressful right now to buy a car. It really is. But Wilson County Hyundai, they'll help you out. 
they're just not going to force feed you a car that you don't need that they just want to get rid of. No, they've got great prices because they're in Lebanon. They're not in the city. In the city, the prices will gouge you. In Lebanon with Wilson County Hyundai, they will treat you fairly and treat you with great respect and great customer service because that's what Payne Bone and his team at Wilson County Hyundai do. So if you want to look for a new vehicle, head to Lebanon, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Lebanon's off exit 236 off I-40. It's a great drive out there. Beautiful this time of the year watching the sunrise when we go out there once a month for a show. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. You also need to download the BetMGM app because if you do and you give them the promo code that you see on your screen there, A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That is only on BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Yep, here live on this Tuesday. Now, Luke, the, the question you posed was, is very interesting. What percentage of Derrick Henry's production can Adrian Peterson make up for? So, it, you know, I, I think how you can think about it is that Derrick Henry was averaging over 100 yards rushing a game. So 100% of Derrick Henry is over 100 yards. Yeah. So we're kind of looking at Adrian Peterson as what are you expecting from Adrian Peterson on a per game basis and a percentage, which I, I think you can kind of, you can kind of answer this question with an average yards rushing per game. Can't you? Well, so here's how I look at it. Okay. Because Derek Henry has 937 rushing yards through let's call it seven and a half games, because I don't know that we're going to count that Colts game as a full game. Cause he was running on a friggin' broken foot. Uh, he got 29. He got 28, 29 carries. That counts. Okay. That okay. Counts. Okay. Um, eight games, thousand yards, basically. So if we say 50%, that's a thousand yard season projected for Adrian Peterson, that, that type of production. Now in nine games, he won't get a thousand. Yeah. 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 So be prorated. Right. So uh, it's a tough question to answer. Um, you want to read some comments? We see some answers coming yeah, hit, in. in the hit, chat. hit me with some comments. What are the people saying? Yeah. So Chris says 75 at his peak, 55 to 65, most likely. So maybe that means like some games it's, you know, more explosive than others. Lane says 60% still has some juice, can score from five yards out. <laughs> That's not very far because <laughs> Henry can score from. Yeah, you know, 99 yards out. Dimitri says 57. Dave says 55. Uh, Develli is not quite as confident, says 35. Uh, let's see, 26. Noah says, goodness gracious. And Noah, that's not his number. We don't know what number Adrian Peterson's going to wear because Christian Fulton wears 26. McNichols wears 28. Uh, 27 <laughs> is off limits. 29 is taken by Crookshank. Uh, 22 is Derrick Henry. 21 is Matthias Farley. 20 is Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins. So there's 20, 20 24 is a mold is Molden. 23, 23 might be available. Or is that Chris Jones? No. Yeah, that's, I think that's Chris Jones. Uh, I'm, I'm just, let's pull up a Titans roster. As, as, I'm, but, on I'm on it. Already. Okay. You have to include all the, the dozens of players on IR. Too you, in this. you pull that up and I'll read some more comments. Yeah. Perfect. Jordan says 60% would be sufficient. I think that might be a good point there. Brox says 70 to 80 yards a game. That, you know, could be fair. Jared says 65%. Rich says 50 to 60. Jarvis says 60. Devin says 45 to 55, 15 carries a game, maybe 60 yards. Daniel says 75. And Trey, very pessimistic, 30 to 40, if we're lucky. 
Yeah. So back on the Jersey thing, uh, 23 and 25 are Chris Jones and Jamal Carter who are on the practice squad. Those are the only two twenties numbers not taken. Jamal Carter. Jamal Carter is a safety and Chris Jones. So those are the only twenties that are on that are, that are not. I mean, Demetrius says, 20 jackrabbits wearing 20. You're not going to get anybody. They don't have, so they have no 20 numbers available because 27 is retired. Yeah. And so now you're talking about a single digit number, which could be, I kind of like that. Uh, What's available for single digit nines off the board. Eight. Now, no, you don't give eight and 10 to anybody because they give eight to all the backup (laughs) punters that come in and they suck. They give 10 to somebody and they suck too. And so eight and 10, 10 is a weird running back number. Eight. Well, 10 doesn't need to happen. I was just naming the numbers off the board. So two, five, and six are the active roster guys, single digit. Now I'll scroll down. Uh, injure reserve, you have three and four are off the board. And then on spe- on the practice squad, seven is Matt Barkley. So I think you've literally got one. You know, we might find out at three today if uh, if he hits the wire and then they put him on the roster on the website. Yeah, it, it might be a 30s number, but it is interesting. So, I'll, all right, now I'll answer the Adrian Peterson production thing. So, it's interesting because Adrian Peterson has some great motivation is that he is 449 yards away from passing Barry Sanders to be fourth all-time in NFL rushing. What's 450 divided by nine, Luke? 450 divided by nine. That's a Siri question. I don't know. It's easy math. Just take the zero off and do 45 divided by nine. 45 divided by nine. That's uh, seven, right? Luke, this is this is math. This is, this is multiplication tables. Like you did this. I'm, in, a, I'm a liberal arts guy. Come I'm on, dude. You did this in scientist. fifth grade. It's five. Five times 45 nine 45. divided. <laughs> so 50 yards a game. If <laughs> if so Adrian Peterson gets fifty yards a game, he can pass Derek. Uh, I'm sorry, Barry Sanders for fourth all time. I think and, that's very achievable. Yeah, I do too. Because let's look at what he did last year. Last year, Adrian Peterson uh, he played uh, in in a lot. He played in uh, every game. Now he didn't get a bunch of carries with the Lions. He got 156 carries for 604 yards, averaged 3.9 a pop and scored seven touchdowns. So, you know, I think I think he can get, with how the Titans' offense is set up, I do think 50 yards a game over the next nine games is achievable. I think this is pretty – and Reynolds says, that's the Ole Miss education for you. Reynolds, do you think everybody went to Ole Miss? Zach went to everybody Ole Miss. Who, everybody in this square – well, I mean, half the time, because uh, the other times when, when I'm not here, when Zach is out, it's Jack Gentry. So. Yes, so Jack and Zach went to Ole Miss, and Luke went to Belmont, I went to Tennessee. So not everybody went to Ole Miss. He works for A to Z Sports, but I do think, I do think it's interesting. I expect fifty percent, literally fifty percent of Derrick Henry's production to be picked up by Adrian Peterson. Then you're going to have to get, you know, maybe twenty five percent to Jeremy McNichols, and then the other twenty five percent is going to go elsewhere in the offense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm going to go. So back to my point earlier about Derrick Henry with nine hundred yards ish well let's say a thousand because he got close thousand yards through eight games two thousand yard pace even in a 16 game season 
fifty percent of that is a thousand yard season. I don't think Adrian Peterson has a if he were a starter for sixteen games. I don't think Adrian Peterson's getting a thousand yards. I love Adrian Peterson. Right when I was growing up, he was the guy where I would make a Madden franchise and I would rig it so that I would, I would end up getting Adrian Peterson. Right, huge Adrian Peterson fan, but he's thirty six. It wasn't great with Detroit last year. There's a reason he was on the street. Now, I think this is a great pickup, and I think he will do good things for the Titans, but he's not having, I don't think he's going to, hmm, 500 yards, and I can see him getting 500 yards in nine games. Not which, in is it, which is enough to uh, pass Barry Sanders' fourth all-time. Sure, yeah. 500 but, yards in nine games. Let's think about the, the last two years. I mean, Adrian Peterson, like you mentioned, his uh, production with the Lions last year was, was, wasn't great, but it also wasn't bad either. Correct. I mean, he had he had 600 yards at age 35. And what did the Lions do? They sucked. They went 5-11. and 11. The, the year before, Adrian Peterson was on a three-win Washington team, and he had 800. He had he was two yards away from 900 I mean, rushing yards. I will say this, running behind, you know, Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, and Taylor Lewan is probably a step up from whatever he had in Detroit. Well, let's look at let's look at the Detroit Lions because Adrian Peterson was the leading rusher at six, with six hundred and four yards. DeAndre Swift had five hundred and twenty, so they were they were splitting carries, and Adrian and they combined for eleven hundred plus yards and fifteen touchdowns uh, on only two hundred and seventy carries. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not bad for the Lions rushing with those two running backs. That he he hasn't been bad in the last three years, Luke. Adrian Peterson going backwards in 2020, 2019, 2018, he went 600, 898, got 1,042. He scored seven touchdowns, five touchdowns, seven touchdowns. So at age, at age 34, 35, or age 33, 34, 35, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. A lot better than the, the, the years before that. And his well, early look, years. I'm not saying he's bad. Again, I love the move. I'm writing about that tomorrow. Yeah. I think this was the move for them to make, and there and there's one big reason why, and you can read that tomorrow at a-to-zsports.com. But like, let's not kid ourselves here. It's a 36 yard running back who had 3.9 yards per carry. Like that, he 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 does some things well, but he's not going to be a game breaker. He's not going to come in and 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 single-handedly redeem this offense in the absence of Derrick Henry. But can he allow the Titans to stick with their identity? Yes. 100% yes. And at, and is that not the most important thing for right now? It is. <laughs> like it is. Yes. But I'm I'm, I'm not I'm again, like Good signing. He, he's just not going to, you know, pop off a bunch of plays. And, you know, there's going to be a time or two where we watch a play and we say, oh, man, that was that was vintage Vikings, Adrian Peterson right there. Uh, but it's I think it's going to be maybe a little frustrating at times, especially because we've grown used to watching Derrick Henry, where he falls forward for first downs from five yards behind the line of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree. So, look, I, I think, what was your answer on percentages? I said fifty percent of Derrick Henry's production for Adrian Peterson. What did you say? Forty-eight. Let's go with that. Forty-eight percent. Forty-eight percent. Yeah, Josh Carroll brings up that old man football guy, Matt. Three point nine yard average is first down every time. 
Well, it's a first down every three plays, not necessarily a first down every time. Yeah, but it's also a boring and mostly ineffective running game. That's what the Titans did in the uh, early 2000s, man, with Eddie George. That's what what they did. Yeah, I'm not going to give my Eddie George takes. I would get... Like I would get murdered in my sleep tonight. Real quick, Titans Mikey. Uh, Mikey asked, "Do you guys think the Titans do anything today? Today, no meaning chance. the NFL trade deadline? Why no chance? Expand on that a second. When they've never have. Yeah, they did last year. We talked that about? wasn't a deadline day thing. They brought in Desmond King because their cornerbacks were worthless. I mean, it was it was a de- it was a it was a pre trade deadline trade in October. It was an absolutely t- okay. Sure, that's the one thing they've done. They don't have a position group that is that worthless this year. They don't. They, and and they here's, had to go get a cornerback because it was such an abject disaster in 2020. They don't have anything like that now. Right, because they've gone 3-0 and with Christian Fulton on IR. And he's going to come back. And Caleb Farley tearing his ACL. You have Molden. You have Jenkins. Who Jenkins, Jenkins hasn't been great. But he's serviceable, which wasn't the case for the guys they had last year, not named Malcolm Butler. They're going to get Fulton back, who's a lockdown cornerback. And Molden and Jackson are interchangeable and, and have done good things at slot. Like, Nick, like I see Kyle Fuller. That's the name I keep seeing thrown around. Like, they're not going to go trade for Kyle Fuller. It's not happening. I may, I may eat crow on this tomorrow, but it, I'd be shocked. All right, it is time for Tuesday Sports Trivia. No, don't forget our video. I, I know if, if, if you can do that for me after bed MGM, I would greatly appreciate it. Okay. I'm still trying to look for a <laughs> trivia quiz for okay. us to do together. All right. It is time for Tuesday sports trivia here on A to Z sports. We need everybody who's watching now to stick with us. We got 10 questions, uh, 10 questions today. We're trying to get to eight and two. We need eight of these to be right. So sports trivia coming up here in a second, but first I'm going to tell you guys about renters warehouse and renterswarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to renterswarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways that you can use renters warehouse uh, for your benefit. It helps create extra cash flows for you and your family. Rent the state means you can start your retirement plan with rent the state. Selling your house is one, uh, uh, the only a one-time transaction and you can get money every month with Renters Warehouse being your landlords, renting out your property, managing your property, doing everything that's hard about being a landlord, you just get money. That's it. You get money and long-term equity, which means long-term wealth at RentersWarehouse.com. And again, our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you. If you download the app, give them the promo code A2Z Sports that will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. And Austin, you know what it's time for? I love those. I love you those love so much. I, I'm glad you love them. It is time for Tuesday sports trivia. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I've got this big, huge database of crazy sports trivia. So I'm going to just click on an NFL records quiz. And it's okay. difficult. Oh, I had an error on that one. Of is this going to be like obscure records? Like, you know, most left-handed catches. I don't know. This quarter. one, uh, I just found where it has a, um, a, a, a tough slash average, uh, question ranking. So okay. I think this one's only five questions. So we're gonna have to do five and five, uh, with this. So, all right. Rob says he can't wait for this poop show of me trying to handle sports trivia. It's not easy guys. It's not easy. So 
First question, which of the following set a record in 2002 for the most receptions in a season? I'll read it again. Which of the following set a record in 2002 for the most receptions in a season? Is it Marvin Harrison, Torrey Holt, Jerry Rice, or Terrell Owens? It's Marvin Harrison because Michael Thomas broke that record at Nissan Stadium two years ago. Yeah. All right, so you're going, Marvin. You feel fairly confident about that one? I'm fairly sure because I remember in watching that game at across town at Nissan Stadium, everybody talking about, "Wow, he just broke Marvin Harrison's catch record." So, all right, I'm the chat sure also agrees. We're gonna we're gonna lock in Marvin Harrison final A to Z with that one. All right, second question here, Luke. Which of the following set a, a record in 1984 for the most passing yards in a season? Which of the following in, set a record in 1984 for the most passing yards in a okay. season? Is it Dan Fouts, Dan Marino, Kurt Warner, or Drew Bledsoe? I think it's too early for Dan Marino because he retired in 2000. And I don't know exactly how long he played, but if he played for 16 years, that would be him breaking the record as a rookie. Like that doesn't. That's uh, see, a- I think it's Marino. Uh, it's obviously not Bledsoe or Kurt Warner because that was pre them. Um, I think it's Marino because 1984 was when he went to the Super Bowl in his second. Uh, but Lu- Lucas agrees with me. He says Dan Marino was a rookie that year. He didn't break the passing record as a rookie. I think it's Dan Marino, and, and the whole chat says it's Marino. His rookie year was 83. His second year was 84 because they went to the Super Bowl in 84 and lost. And he'll be like, "I'll be back," and he never got back. Hmm. So I, 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 it's not Dan Fouts. Yeah. Let's go Dan Marino, because I know he yeah. held the record until Drew Brees broke it in 2011. Yeah, so we're going to go with uh, Dan Marino, final A to Z on that one. All right, in 2003, which of the following set a record for most rushing yards in a game? Was it... Oh, I know the answer to that. Jamal Lewis Wait, or no, Corey Dillon? I don't know the answer. <laughs> Sorry. Jamal Lewis or Corey Dillon in 2003, who set the most rushing records, a record for most rushing yards in a season, uh, Jamal Lewis or Corey Dillon? So the current holder of that record is Titans running back Adrian Peterson with 296 yards in a game. Uh, But 2003 is obviously pre him. And the chat seems to think it is Jamal Lewis, like pretty unanimously. I'm pretty sure it's Corey Dillon. Hmm. Okay. Well, I've seen more Dylan coming in now, but it's still predominantly Lewis. I feel pretty damn good about Corey Dillon. Then let's lock it in. Final A to Z. All right. Corey Dillon, final A to Z. So that's the third question. Okay. Which of the following coaches set a record for most wins as an NFL coach in history? Which of the following coaches has the record for most wins as an NFL coach or set the record for the most wins as a coach in NFL history? So this is not current, right? Because it's not Bill Belichick. The options are Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, Tom Landry, or Bill Walsh. It's Don Shula, and I thought he still held that record. He might still hold the record. Because Bill Belichick would need like another season or so to pass it, I thought. Either way, I think the answer is uh, uh, Don Shula. Okay, so we want to go Don Shula? I'm very confident on that, yes. All right, so we're going to go Don Shula, final A to Z on that one. All right, which of the following four has the most MVP awards? Which Mm. of the following four has the most MVP awards? Okay. Kurt Warner, 
John Elway, Johnny Unitas, Brett Favre. <sighs> Got to be Elway, right? I don't. Re- I feel like I don't recall Brett Favre winning a lot of MVPs. I think he did. I think he won like three or four. The chat says Favre and Elway. Hmm. I I would say Elway. That is my guess. I really don't know, though. That's just an educated guess. Okay. Huh. Unitas was like pre-NFL. Like current yeah, that, modern that, NFL. I, I think we can throw him out of this. So we want to go... With Elway? Yeah. Robert says, look at YouTube right over here. Man, I don't know. I This is tough. I mean, Favre is the most popular answer. I think we go Brett Favre because the chat is going Brett Favre. Now let's go Brett Favre. All right. We'll, we'll lock in. that in. We'll lock that in. All right. We got five more questions uh, here. Um, on uh, this, who was the first, or this football player was the first ever to gain 1,000 yards rushing in a single season. Oh, gosh. First 1,000 yard rusher in a single season. I think I know this. It's got to be Steve Jim, is it Jim Brown. No, here, here we go. Steve Van Buren, Speck Sanders, <laughs> Jim Thorpe, or Beatty Feathers. I think it's Beatty Feathers. I have no idea. I don't even know who these people are. So well, you don't know who Jim Thorpe is? I I know the name. I couldn't tell you who he played for. Jim Thorpe was one of the best athletes ever. Uh, Native American descent was a you know freak athlete. Louis says Stump Mitchell. That's a funny <laughs> comment. Uh, Dom says Van Buren. I I think it's I think it's Beatty Feathers. Now Man, we're getting a lot I'm of Van Buren. So I will I will yield to you. I think it, let's go with Beatty Feathers. Okay. Okay. This football player passed for 4,000 yards for the first time ever. Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath, Bob Greasy, Terry Bradshaw. It's not Terry Bradshaw. Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath, Bob Greasy, Terry Bradshaw. It's not Bradshaw. I think it's either Johnny Unitas or Joe Namath. Johnny Unitas. Sounds right. We're getting some Greasies coming in because I'm, I'm trying to think like how many games did Johnny Unitas play in a season? Hmm. I, I have no idea. I'm, I am again clueless on this one. Just making an educated guess. All right, I think I think Joe Namath is the most popular, so we'll go with the chat with Joe Namath on this. Okay, let's do it. All right, we've got uh, three more questions. <clears throat> true or false? I don't think we've had a true or false question yet. When the 49ers won a Super Bowl in the nineteen ninety four season, they were the first team to win five Super Bowls. True or false? One more time, please. When the San Francisco 49ers won a Super Bowl in 1994, they were the first team to win five Super Bowls. True or false? 
Well, they won four with Montana. Was that his last one? That one would have been uh, Steve Young. I think it's true. It's not the yeah, Pittsburgh that Steelers. that sounds true to me. It's not, how many do the Cowboys have? The Steelers, the Steelers won. The Steelers, what, the Steelers' first one with Roethlisberger was the one for the thumb with Bill Cowher. Yeah. Then right. Um, when did? I, I think it's true. It, it sounds right. When did the Cowboys do it? Because the Cowboys had three. Yeah, I think it's true. I think it's true. We'll go with true. Final A to Z. This is interesting. This player was the first to gain 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. Hmm. Roger Craig, Franco Harris, Marshall Falk, Priest Holmes. So I know Marshall Falk did it. Yeah. And it's a rare feat that doesn't really happen. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Yes, that, that I, rare I, player. Yeah, Roger Craig, or I think it's either Roger Craig or Marshall Falk. I don't think it's Priest Holmes. I don't know if Priest Holmes ever did it. Franco Harris, I don't think he did that too. The Steelers didn't. The Steelers were throwing the ball to Swan and and Stallworth when they were throwing the ball. Hmm. Uh, again, I'm going to have to defer to the chat here. I the see a lot chat of Falk. is split I see a lot between of Roger Craig and Falk. What do you think? Man, I kind of feel like Rod- Roger Craig's the older player. So that Roger Craig, the first to gain 1,000 re- rushing and receiving. I think that works. All right. I think we have an easy one to, to send us out. Okay. This quarterback was the first to lead his team to four Super Bowl wins. Joe Montana, Joe. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. Troy Aikman, John Unitas. Uh, Joe Montana. Incorrect. Terry Bradshaw. Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> lock it in. Joe Montana was after Ter- Terry Bradshaw. That's right. I, I didn't realize that Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls. All right, I will uh, submit our answers. And we will see how we did. Okay. Which of the following set a record for in 2002 for the most receptions in the season? Our answer was Marvin Harrison. And with 143 receptions in 02 for the Colts, Marvin Harrison is the correct answer. So we're one and oh. If Luke, if you can keep our tally for us while I go through these. You got it. Which of the following set a record in 1984 for the most passing yards in a season? We answered Dan Marino. And we were correct with Dan Marino, 5,084 yards in 1984 for the Miami Dolphins. In 2003, which of the following set a record for the most rushing yards in a game? Our answer, Corey Dillon of the Bengals. The correct answer is Jamal Lewis for 295 yards against the Browns in 03 for the Ravens, who broke Corey Dillon's record uh, in that one. So we missed that one. Which of the following set a record for the most wins as a coach in NFL history? Our answer was Don Shula. And yes, that was correct. Don Shula with the Dolphins, uh, the most wins in NFL history. Fifth question. Which of the following has four MVP, which of the following four has more 
MVP awards of those quarterbacks. We guessed Brett favor out of Southern miss. We were correct with Brett Favre, So we got four of the first five. Correct. This football player was the first ever to gain 1000 rushing yards in a single season. Our answer was Beatty Feathers. That is correct. Beatty Feathers gained 1,004 yards, averaging 8.4 yards a carry, which is also a record. So keep that in mind. 8.4 yards a carry for Beatty Feathers is a record. So we move on there. This football player passed for 4,000 yards for the first time ever. We guessed Joe Namath of the Jets which was correct. We got Joe Namath right. 4,007 yards in 1967 with the Jets. So guaranteed to go seven and three again. Yep. We got, th- we got three more right. Or three more, right? Yeah. Two more. Yeah, three more. Three, three, two. Yeah. We are currently six and one. Yes. Yeah, sorry. The math again. There you it's go. Struggling. Been a bad day for that. True or false? When the San Francisco 49ers won a Super Bowl in the 1994 season, they were the first to win five Super Bowls. We said true, and it was true. The Cal- the Dallas Cowboys won their fifth after the Niners. So we're there, we're rolling on seven and one. This player was the first to gain 1,000 rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. We thought it was Marshall Falk. We went back and forth. Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. The correct answer was our answer, Roger Craig. 1,000 yards in the 1,050 on the ground, 1,016 in the air, and with 92 receptions that also led the league in receptions. Crazy. So we, that's a, which answer did we pick for that one? Roger Craig. We got it right. Okay. That's what I thought. So we are eight and one. We've already got our, we've already got our goal. This quarterback was the first to lead his team with four Super Bowl wins. This was an easy one. We ended with a gimme, and we got it. Nine and one, because we got Terry oh. Bradshaw correct. Big Very nine nice. and one, Luke. <laughs> Very Big nice. nine and one. I like that. And if we had just gone with the chat on the one. We should have gone 10 and 0. <laughs> nine and one. That's big time. So now we are 59 I'm sorry, we are I gotta do math now. I can bring out the calculator. <laughs> it's seven times isn't it? five plus nine. We are forty-four of fifty-nine for seventy-four point five percent. So we are that was a big week, guys. Yeah, and, and Bobby's right. The only miss was when I didn't listen to you guys. You're exactly right. John Michael Presses is the chat was 10 and 0. Good job, good job, team. And uh, Mark says that one was for King Henry. All right. Look, good show. Good participation. We appreciate it. But uh, my bad. I will take responsibility for robbing us all of a 10-0 week in sports trivia. Um, And uh, Dom says that Austin stepped up as the trivia moderator, just like the rest of the Titans need to. Thank you. I think I did a good job today uh, with trivia. And Chris Flint says, uh, suck it, Zach. I don't know why uh, you say suck it, Zach. But there we go. Nine and one. So we're doing a good job. Luke, we'll be back tomorrow here on the show. Right. Uh, and uh, also, you guys be back. We'll see what happens in the Titans land 
when it comes to the life without Derrick Henry for the next couple of months. So we'll see you guys soon. Don't forget to check out Luke's one question from Mike Vrabel all across all of our social media and on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Podcast episodes going out all over the place uh, and content galore on the website, a to zsports.com slash Nashville. We will see you guys tomorrow morning. Buck Rising with Primetime later tonight. See you guys later. Thanks.